It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I would like to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Um, my favorite team to make fun of. I think we just lost Cam. Oh, Cam lost um, power. So uh, I was I was gonna see how long oh, we did? could go. I was gonna see how long we could go with no one noticing. <laughs> but um, he, I wonder why uh, he was being. He did so message us saying that he lost power quiet. because it's very windy out. Oh, it yeah, is it is really windy, windy out. Um, yeah. But apparently, I could go outside Drew with has, this and show you guys. Drew has good internet, and apparently Cam has bad power lines. So that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, Uh, welcome to Brews and Bruins, uh, hosted by Bruins Diehards, uh, sponsored by DraftKings, and the I guess also presented by Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I'm your very regular normal host, Kat Silverman. Um, it's just me tonight. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm joined by the three regular hosts, uh, Chris Gear, Drew Johnson, and Cam Hasberg, who are all here but decided that they don't want to host so they <laughs> yeah. threw me to the wolves um <laughs> so guys how are you doing doing well. i think this is a bit of a, a a misnomer i think it's like if you come on the podcast so many times it you have to it do us a favor. Your <laughs> and yeah you have to take over the hosting duties because do you guys yeah. a favor? <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't just you know promote our guests for yeah, free. Yeah, you know we've we've done you the the favor, of course, of having you on so many times, which has grown followers. your brand by <laughs> at least millions, if not billions, of followers. Um, it's like radiation, like uh, a lot of. <laughs> A lot of repeat exposure, and it just kind of rubs off on you, and you become a host. And it also will likely kill you, so yeah, it's it's very much like radiation, yeah. Um, I guess that answers how you guys are doing. Um, (laughs) We're doing weird, is how we're doing. (laughs) Yes, um, has anybody changed their drink since uh, we are recording back-to-back right now? I know Chris looks like an old person now, so why don't you start off? A little peek behind the curtain. I I look like an old person. Red Wings hat, especially. Yes, I'm (laughs) famously my Detroit Red Wings. (laughs) 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 Planted my flag pretty hard there. Um, I am drinking Lipton tea with a little bit of honey. Toss in uh, some whiskey, then. You got a hot toddy. Kind Ooh. of, sort of. Ooh, yeah, I might do that. Yeah. Um, after I'm, 
yeah, we'll sp- swing I back around to me. Okay, <laughs> uh, Drew, how's that? How's that THC beer flavored drink? <laughs> Anytime that you're saying beer flavored drink, it just sounds like it's not going to be good. Uh, it should either be beer or not beer. It should not be beer flavored. That, uh, <laughs> shipyard Pumpkinhead THC Elixir uh, starting to creep in now. Um, okay. So I got some. Uh, some nice agua, aka water, <laughs> and uh, so this this isn't just your normal water though. First of all, it comes in a nice little package here, nice little thermos with the bru- the uh, not the brews and Bruins logo. That'd be sick. All right, coming soon. <laughs> flasks, brews and Bruins flasks. We gotta That's do that. that. Should be ironic if we got a flask before a pint. Chris, glass. Chris, are you great. on board with uh, making a brews and Bruins <laughs> flask? Uh, yeah, sure. Again, uh, cool. no pint glass, just flask. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I already have that. two pint glasses. So, but also, this water, this magical Portland, Maine tap water, has passed through a Brita filter, fresh and from so Poland Spring. Some, yeah, exactly. Poland Spring through a Brita. Who? Kidding <laughs> me? There's not going to be any water left at Soap here. Um, no, actually, no. That mean. Uh, anyway, drinkability 37, <laughs> tasteability 1. There you go. I had a I had a friend visit recently, and we went up skiing, and we drove by Poland and, and Poland Spring, and he was like in awe. He's oh. like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that's the Poland Spring. And we were like, yeah. yeah. Shout out Poland Spring. There's a couple. Up, there's a couple, though, throughout that region of Maine. Yeah. They're all in European named towns. There you go, Chris. I'm going to be joining, <laughs> not directly, but I'm on the same vibe here, so let's get after it. Um, Cam, what are, what are you drinking? Yeah. So I've swapped out my blueberry beer, uh, for something a little bit harder here. I ate like the world's largest sandwich for dinner and I just don't think I can fit more beers in my stomach. So, uh, (laughs) in the interest of keeping with the theme, uh, alongside Chris rocking a Jim Beam red stag, a black cherry bourbon. Um, this is a pretty sweet bourbon. Um, so you can drink it straight up. Sweet bro. Hey, hell yeah, brother! Um, yeah, no, you could you can drink this just straight up or on the rocks. If you like. I mean, you can drink any bourbon straight up or on the rocks. But like, even people who maybe struggled to drink like you know hard liquor without something mixed into it might find it a little bit easier with this one. I'm not recommending you do that. This is just a purely speaking from experience. Um, but yeah, it's a black cherry liquor infused with Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, thirty two and a half percent. Yeah, this is one of the cheaper but I, th- I think better um sweeter whiskeys you have your uh your fireballs and your uh fire uh, your honeys and all that stuff uh, i personally would lean toward the red stag it tastes a little bit less like sugar syrupy sweet to me and more um kind of pure if that makes sense uh, there's a lot of purity being mm. talked about here mm-hmm. we're a very pure podcast oh, oh. okay uh, <laughs> drinkability <laughs> um I mean, low. It's whiskey, so you know. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll bump it up a couple points for the sake of not being the harshest whiskey in the world. Uh, drinkability probably a five. Uh, taste. You can taste it for sure. Uh, I'm gonna give that a, a pure thirty-seven. I mean, it's got a very strong black cherry flavor. Um, but like I said, it, it blends in nicely um, with the whiskey. It's not. It's not like they're fighting too much. So um, yeah, there you go. Red Stag. Shout out. Deer, I guess. 
<laughs> okay, uh, let's circle back to Chris, um, who left and then came back and danced on screen while Cam was talking with a very to, large bottle of Hennessy. It was a little shimmy. <laughs> I had to fix the dog, too, so I, I had to get up anyway. You fixed not... the dog? And so we yeah, not, not did that at the... home? I thought you, you needed a doctor for that. <laughs> no, the, the dog oh, was Jesus. stuck. I had to I had to move the dog oh. from where the dog was stuck. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, Tut gets caught on things. I, I was um, about to ask if it was Tut. Yeah. How do you of leave course, him alone, then? Boy. Um, he's he's or in he a just gets stuck. <laughs> he's in a a large pen and he gets like stuck circles all around it. Um, <laughs> in this Sounds case, like he a was, lovely life. He was stuck on his bed. Um, oh, I wish I had that problem. Which we've seen. So. I'm going to call out of work tomorrow. I'm just be like, sorry, I'm stuck on my bed. Uh -huh. Can't um, get in today. So as I said uh i oh but uh, by the way i uh my mug also a little little red wings uh it's not red wings it's not specifically wings. <laughs> but it is a red wing stoneware mug um and i'm drinking lipton tea with a little bit of honey and a shot of hennessy xo which is like a two hundred and fifty <laughs> bottle dollar bottle of Hennessy that uh, we inherited from uh, someone we helped move who didn't want it anymore. And let me tell you, it's fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> so any chance I get to put it in something where I can't really taste it, uh, you better believe I'm doing that. Hennessy <laughs> is not my thing. What yeah. was the kind of Hennessy? XO. XO extra. Oh, old. Hennessy hugs and kisses. Yeah, uh, okay. it it, li it literally stands for extra old, which is so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, drinkability. Um, it's tea, um, and it's it's no longer peak hotness, so I can actually consume it without burning my mouth. Um, so we're gonna go with thirty five. <laughs> Look, we're. <laughs> We're having a normal tea's great. We should do this more. We said so many things there that I could have run with, and I chose not to. So I would like a thank you, please. Thank you, please. Um, <laughs> uh, tasteability, like I said, it's uh, diluted enough where I can't really taste the Hennessy. Um, you get like a nice little alcohol warmness to it, so that's cool. Um, and then the rest is tea. It's just Lipton tea. There's no flavoring to it. I like. I actually really like just the taste of regular black tea. Um, and so I'll, I'll give it a like a ten tasteability because you can taste the tea. I'm a I'm a chai guy myself, but I do like black tea here and there, especially I like, when I just want that caffeine boost. I like chai when I'm just trying to get spicy. Mm -hmm. Get a little spicy. This, the, is, uh, this is such a the tea bag. <laughs> I'm posting an all-star podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this goes on to your record, not off. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, I am sticking with my uh the same beer I had during the last episode. Um, it's the Papago Orange Blossom, a uh, Mandarin and Wheat, um, brewed out of Tempe, Arizona, by the uh Hus Brewing Company, which I had not heard of. Um. It's a, it's a pretty big staple in our house. Um, I believe one of the times that Chris was here in Phoenix, um, he and I drank all of Richie's beer um, with with Richie's permission of the uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast. 
presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, And so I picked him up like multiple cases of beer. Um, Just, I I think I just got six packs, but I got quite a bit to fill the fridge as a thank you. Um, And now I'm drinking them all. Um, So I I brought the last couple oranges. This is one of of his go-tos. But in my defense, um, my dad was in town and went to Costco, which for the listeners who haven't ever heard about Alan, um, my dad is known for a few things. He's very short. He's very friendly. He's very funny on Twitter. And he loves to spend money at Costco. Um, Hi, Alan. Yes. Hi, Alan. Um, He doesn't listen to anything that I'm on. Um, (laughs) No, he'll listen to our podcast. He'll listen to you. Yes. He won't listen to me. Um, Until he realizes Cass on. If he realizes that I'm hosting, he's not going to listen. He came back from Costco one time with this giant box um, that's like almost as tall as my daughter. And it's a German brewer's advent calendar. And it's got, it's an advent calendar of German beers. That's amazing. Um, So Richie has 24 beers that he's opening right now, including um, one that he drank on. He he did drink, he caught himself up because I forgot to give it to him at the start of December. Um, And he caught himself up last night. So he drank like four very strong, very heavy German beers um, and had a super normal one watching Succession. Um, <laughs> but one of the recent ones was called a Wiener Lager, um, which was nice. incredible. Um, and I believe they discussed that on their last podcast episode. So, so yeah, I'm finishing off his beer. So we have room for the advent calendar beers in the fridge. Um, it's it's a go-to in our house. I like wheat beer. I like fruit beer. Um I forget what rating I gave it last episode already. I think I gave it like a 22 in drinkability and a 20. I think it was. You did 20. 20, 20. 20. I did 2020. 20, yeah. For no, but you got to do it different this time because it, we got to, you know. Drinkability has gone up a little bit. It's it's nice. tasting a little bit milder. Um, So I think it's like a 24 in drinkability now. It's still a 20 in tasteability. Um Sick. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's where we are. Um, I did not realize I was going to be hosting this until about five minutes before we started recording the last episode. Um, we've already talked about my favorite topic for today, which is that it's Louis Erickson's, this is Monday. Um, it's his 1000th NHL game with the Arizona Coyotes who are playing the Dallas Stars. Um, He and Antoine Roussel are both facing their former team, um, which is kind of fun. They're terrible right now, but the Coyotes are not losing as of last check. I believe they're tied 1-1. So, you know, there's always a chance they're not going to finish last. That's going to be the Ottawa Senators. Um, So I was not given any direction for this episode. I was not told what order to go in. I was not told what to talk about. So I would like to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Um, my favorite team to make fun of. I think we just lost Cam. Oh, Cam lost um, power. So uh, I was I was gonna see how long oh, we did? could go. I was gonna see how long we could go with no one noticing. <laughs> but um, he, I he wondered did, why uh, he was being. He did so message us saying that he lost power quiet. because it's very windy out. Oh, it is yeah, it is really windy, windy out. Um, yeah. but apparently I could go outside Drew with has, this and show you guys. Drew has good internet, and apparently Cam has bad power lines. So that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, for for the listeners who, I don't know, live under rocks, um, the 
Vancouver Canucks, I believe it was Thursday or Friday of last week, um, had a fan finally grow sick of, I don't know, the fact that they essentially bought in this year again. Um, they keep selling their draft picks to Tricking get themselves bad players. Into... Yeah. Jim Benning keeps like bringing on guys like Brandon Sutter, whom he once famously compared to uh, Patrice Bergeron. And uh <laughs> Eric Gabranson, and most recently brought on a struggling Oliver Ekman Larson, who has not been the same since his mother passed mid-season, um, halfway around the world. And that was, I think, the last time we saw a good season from him. He's kind of struggled since on an albatross of a contract. So naturally, the Canucks gave up a couple draft picks for him and Connor Garland, and then King Louie. Um, and uh, are obviously very bad with a, a blue line that has a still struggling OEL and um, Tyler Myers, who is also not very good. Um, and so fans threw a jersey on the ice, which is, I'm sure, I, I know Chris has some thoughts about that. Um, it's and very expensive. Why would you do that? It's very expensive, especially <laughs> in Canadian currency. Um, and that was, I guess, the final straw after giving Jim Benning pretty much free reign to do a very botched, I don't know, eight-year plan here um, in which they've been very, very bad. Um, I believe a week ago, JT Miller was asked by a reporter if the team still had buy-in in the locker room, and he just kind of blinked at them and said, I don't know, which is not great. Um, and JT Miller like another... great, by the He's way. amazing. He's He's a wonderful, um, wonderful quote because um, he's honest to a fault. Um, but yeah, it took the team like another week or two past that quote to finally fire everyone. Um, they got rid of Jim Benning and John Weisbrod, who to this day, no one is sure what role he played with the team or what he did. He was just somewhere in their front office. Um, and then <laughs> just hanging out in the coach, office. Pretty much. And then their head coach, Travis Green, and I believe one other assistant coach um, brought on, I believe they moved some guys from their analytics department into interim roles as GM and AGM and then brought in who, who, uh, who, who among Chris Gear. They brought, yeah. they brought Chris Gear in. Um, <laughs> Pretty good move for me. Yeah, I think that's great move that's, for us. Um, are you still going to be big, free on Mondays, nice Chris? Nice salary bump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they also brought in what I believe, Chris, you you called it like the the very obvious. Um, it was like the stopgap move. Um, I forget. What yeah, you I think I him. referred to Bruce Boudreaux as the king of. Uh, I'll drive you to the playoffs, but you're gonna have to get out and walk from there. <laughs> yeah. So Bruce Boudreaux is now their head coach. Um, they very smartly kept Ian Clark as their goaltending coach. I believe they made a swap in their assistant coach group um don't ask me to recall who who moved in and who went out cam that part's not important um yeah cam hasbrook and chris gear um <laughs> <laughs> uh i i enjoyed watching it all go down because there are a lot of really fun canucks fans on twitter there are more less fun ones but there are a lot of really fun nice ones that i'm good friends with and uh they they deserved a, a light at the end of the tunnel that's been pretty dark for eight years now. Um, but the team being the Vancouver Canucks, like 
couldn't just walk across the finish line. They had to trip and like slide across it right on their faces. Um, somehow they managed to leak that Bruce Boudreaux was hired well before they had made any sort of finalization and announcement that Travis Green had been fired. So there was an announcement that Bruce Boudreaux was now the head coach and no team announcement that their current head coach had been dismissed, <laughs> which is truly the Canucks way. Um, Look, I mean, <laughs> if Jim Benning's not going to be there, someone's going to have to carry the mantle. <laughs> um, I know, I know when that move was made, uh, Drew, I love your thoughts on it too, but I know Chris got really excited. Um, Chris, I forget what quote you sent me, but there was a, a Bruce Boudreaux quote that you were a big fan of. Um, oh, yeah. There, there's a very, about, like, very, famous, very famous video of Bruce Boudreaux pumping up uh, the Washington Capitals for a playoff speech. And he goes, uh, you don't just got to want it. You got to fucking want it. <laughs> really great stuff. <laughs> I think every video that's been put out of him since that hiring was made has been fun. Like, uh, and not the, in the Patrick all-time Wad great John gif Tortorella. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> Petrov McGuire likes to post is uh, Bruce Boudreaux, like very clearly yelling "fuck," but the uh, the like, caption says "darn." darn. <laughs> uh, Drew, yeah, do you have I mean, any Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is fun. Like, that's that's my take on that fun guy definitely put him behind the bench of some team of some team um i don't know i mean i'd love to go to vancouver sometime british columbia seems pretty cool it's very um, pretty there like i don't well. i don't my only quarrel with all of the firings and hirings was that it blew up my fucking phone um i got so many alerts from the score i was trying to sleep the phone just kept. It wasn't ten thirty p.m. Pacific news drop. It happened very late at night, like you very late. True. Do you have like do not disturb on your phone or whatever? I usually put it on silent, phone, so. but you know, if I like, if I were to pass out, let's say, and uh, not like lose consciousness, <laughs> but you know, just go to bed with your your you know, after having on. a couple of thc colas um, you know actually the other night i got really like it was a weekend it was fun hanging out with friends i got really fucked up and usually you know how you're at that point where you're like it, it was the perfect point like if i had two more sips of a drink i would have been like that would have been in the, the bathroom point. <laughs> but if I had two sips less, I would have been wanting to drink more. It was like perfect. It's like a couple go. hours past my perfect point. <laughs> you hit like the you hit the pinnacle of the sweet I spot, the and you were like you were standing on the cliff. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So <laughs> when all my friends after the after one of the bars we went to, I was done. I was cut off, but I followed them to a, a nice uh, Mexican restaurant, um, and. They have really bad Mexican food. Like I've been there sober, but really good drunk food. And it was just me, my burrito bowl, and my Coca Cola while my friends did shots. And <laughs> that sounds like scene. any Mexican restaurant in Maine. Yeah, yeah, pretty. We actually went to one El Rayo. Me, Cam, Lauren, um, 
which is his girlfriend, my girlfriend, Julia, and someone else was with us. Uh, but it someone was really good. Important, El Rio. El Rio. If you're in Portland, El Rio. Good, good Mexican eats there. This podcast is sponsored by El Rio. Mexican this podcast is sponsored by. <laughs> so speaking of. So speaking of Mexican restaurants, you wouldn't expect. Uh, I went to a Mexican restaurant for lunch with my coworkers last Friday uh, called Jimmy Carter's Mexican Cafe. <laughs> In San Diego, California. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Absolutely psychotic choice. Um, I, that it was like sold really on the basis good, of them. Uh, sold on the basis of them having one particularly great sauce and i do agree that it, it was good it's a very like creamy uh cilantro and smoked jalapeno sauce um mm. that was pretty good and i believe uh other than the fact that they overused it um definitely one of the pinnacle sauces of san diego mexican cuisine shouts to jimmy carter um the president who who doesn't still building uh, definitely doesn't own that restaurant but um (laughs) that you know of (laughs) yeah maybe he does um jimmy carter uh keep on living man well what an incredible direction you guys just took this bruce (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say speaking of jimmy carter this episode of bruce and burns is brought to you by DraftKings. you can connect the dots between the two there Football He's from fans. Georgia, right? They like football there. Football yeah, they literally fans. just said that. <laughs> football fans. <laughs> I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. Especially but if you're from latest... Georgia, like President Jimmy Carter. <laughs> but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored, whoa! I'm new not going to be allowed to host again. <laughs> new customers who bet just one dollar on any team to score can win one hundred dollars in free bets. It's that simple. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like forty-seven of them, you can still get in on the NFL action. <laughs> if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you can still get in on the nfl action everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit down the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code thpn bet one dollar on any team to score uh, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. Very so- nice, Drew. Thank you. Thanks for that. You're welcome. That was, that was great. That was great. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I think maybe Drew gave gave an opinion on Bruce Boudreaux. I think I, I'm I, nervous I to to give him a chance to clarify he, he, his comments. He was in um, my he was in my DMs. He was in my push notifications. Uh. <laughs> good. Good. Um, yeah, I. 
try not to to gauge my happiness about certain coaches getting hired or fired based on how nice they are to me like personally um with the exclusion of Daryl Sutter who's awful um but I have always enjoyed talking to Bruce Boudreaux um one of the one of the nicer head coaches face to face um always very entertaining when it comes to you know the the sound bites he gives but not in a not in a dickish way for lack of a better term you know we we get some polarizing quotes from from guys like Daryl Sutter uh from John Tortorella over the years gave us some funny but not necessarily gentle I guess helpful. sound bites um yeah not not helpful um the Canucks have some decent pieces that uh I don't think have been built around correctly, but they have a really in theory strong young core. They have guys like Brock Baser and uh, Elias Pettersson who has been struggling a lot this year, but so is the whole team. They have uh, Bo Horvat, um, Quinn Hughes, um, Ali Joe Levy is supposed to be good. Has kind of struggled with them. Thatcher Dumpo. Gallant. I can't believe I forgot Connor Galland, who is one of the the better players to come out of the the Coyotes in the last decade, I would say. Um, one of the most fun players I got to watch here in Arizona. Um, he's having a lot of fun up in Vancouver, as much fun as you can have on a team that's losing as badly as your old team when you were shipped there to make them a playoff contender. Um, <laughs> uh, Quinn Hughes is obviously very good. Satcher Demko's I would say alongside guys like Jeremy Swayman and uh, Igor Shesterkin, um, I'd say he's one of the better young goaltenders in the league right now. Um, shouts to college hockey. Um, college but hockey. That's a team that in the locker room, very clearly as JT Miller has made it very clear to us, um, is deeply damaged. Um, they, have a lot of trouble with cohesion they don't seem they they collapse during games that they're struggling in um i believe last season when they they came down with covid um the team had a little more than a little bit of an outbreak they had a pretty substantial outbreak and then not only lost like every game down the back stretch they were shut out most of them by like six to nothing um that's a team that I don't think could use quote unquote tough love. Like what a guy like John Tortorella would bring to the team and a guy like, I don't know, even someone like, uh, like Rick Tockett or one of the other coaches that was on the market. Who's not super passionate. I think just one of the gentler guys who's just kind of there and effective, but not super passionate. Isn't going to be able to move the needle with that group. They kind of need someone like, if they're going to fix whatever the fuck's going on there, um, I think they, they kind of need it. They gotta fucking want it, like like Bruce Boudreaux very clearly does. Um, and yeah, I think that's a that's probably the first good move they've made in close to a decade now. Um, so good for them, I guess. Um, it was almost immediately preceded by the Montreal Canadiens making some of their moves. Um, I believe they are still looking for a GM who speaks French, yep. which they got, um, they, they hired Jeff Gordon as their 
vice president of hockey operations, but he's basically operating as the president. And but very famously also, cannot speak French. He is supposed to hire a, a bilingual GM. Um, one of the funniest pressers I've ever seen, and I, I empathize for him. Um, if anybody hasn't gotten a chance, I implore you to look up the Jeff Gordon presser where he tries to speak French. Um, it's very bad, and it's a very good reminder to be nice to people who are speaking a language that is not their native one um, because he struggled quite a bit with the words and the pronunciation and I think all of it. Um, and then the Canucks move was immediately succeeded by the Philadelphia Flyers firing noted French speaker, Elaine Vigneault, um, who has not been doing well there, but uh, I don't think anyone has in Philadelphia in quite a number of years now. It might have to do with them signing Martin Jones. I don't know. Um, I mean, I would really love to see them continue the trend of uh, hiring coaches whose last name sounds exactly like their GM's last name. <laughs> when they had Hextall and Hextall. Although I wish they still had Hextall so they could hire Patrick Waugh to be their head coach. Cause that would be a fun one. <laughs> I would love to see uh, number one, Ron Hextall and Patrick Waugh in the same room. Um, and number two, Do you I'd think they would fight? See, um, I'd love to see that. Um, they would Ron for Hextall social media. Is one of my favorite goalies growing up. Um, big fan of Ron Hextall. Very notedly not a fan of Patrick Waugh. Um, but there's a very fun picture of him uh, trying to knock a plexiglass stanchion, I believe, down onto um, Bruce Boudreau when he was coaching the Avalanche and Bruce Boudreau was coaching the Anaheim Ducks from, I believe it was 2014, um, which I remember because I made that my Facebook banner photo for a number of years because um, I thought it was great. And I think the NHL could use more of that. Um, but yeah, have they announced a new head coach or are they just rolling with the remaining I coaching staff? don't right believe now? they've announced anybody. Um, Neat. Although I would okay. like to mention that um, my best friend Woody was a Patrick Waugh guy growing up. He had a, uh, he had a Patrick Waugh bobblehead. So I was defiantly a Dominic Hasek fan. <laughs> Dominic Hasek, great Twitter Hoshik. follow. As long as you know how to use the Google Translate button, you get some really, really great progressive tweets from an NHL legend uh, out of the Czech Republic. Hasek anyway. was my Hasek was my favorite growing up just because of the style, just because he was fucking oh, everywhere. Yeah. Him and uh, him and Eddie the Eagle. Belfour I was gonna say I was I, Eddie Belfour was my my number one by like a wide margin. I love I, I love goaltenders that puke in cabs. I think they're fun. <laughs> I I had the uh, Dallas Stars Stanley Cup winning DVD from or no not DVD VHS from like I don't know when they won it. I think it was like 98, 99, 99 something like 99. that. So um, and he was of course the goaltender there. So I literally my parents got there like he likes hockey, but the Bruins are don't have anything out there because they're not winning the cup once we do. Uh, of course, just get me Dallas Stars stuff. You know, I have I'm, a Dallas Stars. Dallas. I believe it's a Mike Madonna mini stick that Mike Madonna, my another. daughter gets to use. Um, but uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so that's, I believe, most of the big news. 
from around the league. Um, yeah, and we're really we breaking it here, it. doing it two weeks after it's broke. <laughs> yeah, um, but more, you know, everybody wanted our thoughts on it. On it. You know, having yeah. fun. Um. Uh, so moving forward, I believe uh, it's time for listener questions. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Do you have um, them or do you want me to read? I them? have them. All I right. do. I pulled them up. Um, which I told you guys at the beginning, I appreciate that our, our tweets, I say our, like I'm an official part of the podcast, um, has the ask me about my wiener, um, <laughs> gif, because I quite literally sent that in a group chat that I have with Richie and Corey, um, to let Corey know what beer Richie had just gotten. Um, so that, that gif is making the rounds in my life this week. Yeah, um, I, uh, I watched that movie for the first time in like a decade uh, when I was visiting my buddy Nick in El Paso. And he left me at home because uh, he didn't think he had to work. And then he did. So <laughs> I just watched Netflix for a while because there's nothing to do in that part of El Paso. There's nothing to do, I would argue, in most parts of El Paso. It's a it's a neat city for like a three block radius. And there's a very hey. cool place where you can overlook, you can stand and like take a picture with Mexico. Cause hey, the Nick, highway Nick is the border. To but... Top golf, which is something that you still <laughs> refuse to do. So I'm, I'm officially never going to take you to the top golf. That is, it's in walking distance from my, my I, apartment. Um, and I I'm complained never about this to a friend of the pod, Matt Porter, because he mentioned it as a place that he got to go. He did. I brought him to Top Golf the first time he came to Arizona. <laughs> I also hat. brought him to a to hike Camelback while we were both moderately um, recovering from a drink, um, one lone drink, because I believe we both worked the next day. Um, yeah, and officially led him through a through a mountain covered in snake holes um because every available space in arizona is covered in snake holes because there are billions of rattlesnakes here um and he to didn't, the snake hole lounge yes <laughs> thank you chris that's not in arizona. you're welcome <laughs> um he didn't know that they were snake holes i guess until i believe it was justin emerson of who covers the Vegas Golden Knights, one of their beat writers uh, tweeted a quote from one of their players about Robin Liner going into that player's backyard at a party. Um, and next thing they knew, he had dug up some snake holes and was looking for rattlesnakes like during a team party, which is kind of par for the course. Um, he's a quirky guy. Um, and Matt Porter was not sure what, this reporter meant by snake holes and so i very helpfully told him it's those things that we stepped over 500 times on our hike um which he was horrified by um and so chris and i took pictures at them so i took you to the snake holes i just didn't take you to top call wow thank you sorry <laughs> much appreciated um anyway you having fun over the there bud yeah, I, w I was just about to say I got like 15 minutes, so I got. Yeah, all right, let's let's fire through. Yeah, these, uh... Uh, let's go through these listener questions. Um, I'm gonna start at the bottom, uh, from at s Bonzi JT Sports. Um, do you think steroid tainted guys like Clemens and Bonds should get into the Hall of Fame? Uh, 
I'm going to let someone else answer first because I'm very confident in my answer. How how far and above and beyond are their stats than the uh, the non-steroid people? Because like steroids can only take you so far, you know. There's got to be you know some ster- steroids per sixty stat, <laughs> and like you know if <laughs> how far does it inflate your stats? Is it is it two times? Is it three times? Is it one point four seven times? You know. No, I, I, I feel like they should be discluded. I feel like if they were discovered to be on steroids during their career, they should have just been uh, just not allowed to play in the MLB anymore. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I don't I, don't I really disagree. I think Hall of Fame, Halls of Fame should be fun. And uh, looking at Barry Bonds' stats, uh, unequivocally fun. Um, some of the most ridiculous things you can see out there. Um and also, there are like very, very bad, awful, terrible people in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Isn't um, Kurt Schilling? Did no. he officially get voted in last time? No, he's in the uh, video game it? Hall of Fame, actually. <laughs> he's in the, he's in the bankrupt an entire state trying to make a video game Hall of Fame. I hate um, that guy. Yeah, so th- there, there are, um, yeah, I won't go over like specific things, but yeah, there are just like, garbage human beings in the hall of fame and uh i think excluding somebody because they cheated at the sport uh when you don't know who else may have cheated who is already in the hall of fame it seems like weird and semantic um especially when you can't like identify specifically when somebody started using steroids and when they didn't it's whatever i I don't care just like let the most fun people in the hall of fame um I'm, speaking, those are some valid points. You're swaying me. Speaking I, of, I, I uh, once saw Pete Rose in Vegas, and I thought that was really funny. Um, I I'm kind of just DraftKings with DraftKings sponsor of Bruce and Bruins. Um, no, I I kind of firmly think he he should be in, or they rather should be in. Um, I don't know. I think. Like you said, it's it's kind of hard to tell who is already in the Hall of Fame, who was on steroids, who wasn't. Um, I I don't want to to speak for everyone who played during the steroid era, but I would probably assert that a good chunk of the players who, you know, met with some level of success uh, probably could have been on something. Um, I think when you look back farther than that, there is plenty of rampant substance abuse among players who are in the Hall of Fame beyond steroids. Um, I don't think it necessarily glorifies it, um, but I do think that you look at guys like Clemens and Bonds, and those are those are household names, even for people who didn't grow up loving baseball. And I think they're a big part of what kept baseball, like kept it so that it survived through an era where people were discovering other sports and other other forms of entertainment and baseball was kind of falling by the wayside for some people. Um, and I think, like, like Chris said, I think there's some really, I'm sure there are lots of really terrible people in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, but it's not just about the stats to me. Um, I think there's also, we're, players who very notably impacted the sport. Um, 
kind of deserve a place in there. And I think that that may include some players who may have been caught using steroids while they played. Um, but I also understand the argument against it. And I think that's perfectly fair. I, I guess it, it is the, the baseball hall of fame and not the MLB hall of fame. So are there any rules for the baseball hall of fame other than being good at baseball? Cause if not, then they should definitely be allowed. Um, yeah. I mean, they're... I think there aren't any definitive rules, right? I'm not sure amount of games or something. I think like that. I think there's like a vague like definition, but you're good. You're good, kid. You're good. Um, I I, uh, <laughs> I did want to like talk a little bit about the NHL or the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, one, uh, I I do like that they do the the builders thing. Um, I hate that they. Yeah. I hate that what they turned it into by uh, mm-hmm. allowing Jeremy Jacobs to just like be put himself in the hall of fame basically um wow look what this guy did to build the league by having billions of dollars and then uh (laughs) when when the pandemic happened he just decided not to pay his workers um that's cool um and uh there's the like every year thing where it's like you know uh you can let more than two women in the hall of fame (laughs) right can they because I think they don't know how to. Um, there's there's a big argument there, which I think maybe the Baseball Hall of Fame also probably has to be looked at for. Anyways, All right, what do we got for more questions? Um, next one uh, from Robert Schlosser. Um, I That's our guy, Rob. I don't think we actually got a, got a chance to talk about this one on the last pod. Yeah, um, this, we did the second half, but we didn't answer the first Part yeah, we did the the one about trading. Um, but then he did say thoughts on Pasta getting his teeth fixed. Um, I I'd like to say that I think that's number one a very bold move to do mid career. Um, because it's not like he got dentures, which a couple of players obviously have like false teeth, and some of them like Eric Johnson just choose not to wear them. Um, but getting a tooth fixed. Um that's something that you could potentially re-damage. And uh, my mom has had a crown um, that she ended up cracking and damaging uh, a, essentially a, not a full false tooth, but damaging a corrective tooth is very painful because they do have to kind of whittle your tooth down to fit the, the cap on it. Um, so I think that's a bold move on his part. Um, but if that's what makes him happy, I am a firm believer in doing whatever you want to your body. So good for him. I liked his teeth. I, I thought, uh, you know, kind of became a signature look for him. Um, pretty, pretty cool to have the, like that little triangle knocked out of your front teeth by mm-hmm. a stick. Uh, when you consider all of the things that could have happened, uh, just those two little, two little chips um there's always a chance that got painful though there's always a chance it was oh as as somebody potentially eroding to a point that it as somebody who has a chip on on the same tooth in the same area i can confirm sometimes it does get painful um Mm -hmm. but you know it it looked cool Yeah. yeah i think it i think it's weird that 
he did i think it was like kind of dumb in the respect of yeah he's gonna get them knocked out again like it's it's not like it's like definite or like super duper likely but that it's like you know if it's a one in 500 chance that's gonna happen well it's hockey and the puck or stick is gonna come near your face about 500 more times throughout your career um probably more like 5,000, but uh yeah, I, I agree with you too, Chris. It was kind of a signature look, but I, I hope, you know, he's chewing his pretzels and all that better now. I don't know why pretzels came to me. It was just a crunchy thing. Everyone notoriously chewing pretzels with their front teeth. Oh, no. I, I do that anything you, with their front Okay, you don't do that when you're like... No. Like a carrot no, too? No, because I'm not a rabbit. Oh, those, <laughs> yeah, but don't you ever pretend you're a rabbit? No. because right, that's just me. All right, whatever. I mean, I I don't because I've I've had dental work done um, that left my my front teeth a little sensitive. But yeah, no, I I find it a little risky. I, I thought it looked cool when they were chipped, but far be it from me to Chip tell Skylar. someone that I I want them to keep their their teeth a certain way. If he likes it, good for him. Um, let me see if. We had any quoted tweet. Um, Cam quote tweeted it. And oh, our boy Patrick, uh, Plaverty24 asked, when you say that so-and-so player is playing well, what are you looking for? Is it purely results, like he scores a goal, or you see him hustle on a play or two? Or is there something more where you know that a player is playing his lanes well and playing the coach's system? Which, first off, uh, why can't Patrick? guest host instead of me because that was such an eloquently worded tweet and i think the last time i asked you guys for a question i was like do you like pumpkin spice lattes (laughs) pumpkin spice or chocolate peppermint yeah there we go (laughs) um i mean for me i don't look at whether non-goaltenders play well because i don't care um (laughs) (laughs) For for goaltenders, I I look a little bit at results, but a lot of that's team based, right? So a goaltender can be doing really well and still losing. Um, so I do kind of look at consistency. You know, are they allowing? Are they allowing rebounds? Um, are they are they allowing a lot of those goals that quote unquote they wish they could take back um do they seem to be falling apart throughout the course of games when they allow a dumb goal which i guess for for players does it look like they're deteriorating during a game where they make a bad play um so i i guess that's that's my answer what about you guys i think it's all about either you're creating scoring chances or, or diffusing them, depending on what end of the ice you're playing. Um, Unless you're Brandon think, Scorlo, in which case you're scoring them too. Exactly. <laughs> um, noted offensive defenseman, Brandon Carlo. Um, Logan Mullen's going to hate us. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think it's all about, you know, creating those scoring opportunities, even though it, hockey's weird. You're not always going to execute, even if you deserve to. Um, you can take 50 shots on goal. You might not get one. Um I think it's all about, yeah, creating those chances. You see offense being generated while they're on the ice. Um, you see the puck moving through them to get those scoring chances, uh, not just a plus seven or 
whatever that we were talking about. Someone was a plus seven the other day. Jack Ashan um, was plus seven in the or no, it was uh, it was uh, Shane Gostisbehere was a plus seven yes. in like the twenty fourteen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cam <laughs> was talking about it. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's not here because the power outage. Um, because yeah. his power went out. No, he's just yeah. real quiet. It, it's it's kind of those little things. I think like a like a coach would say, you know, playing the system would be good. Sometimes, you know, when I'm just watching on TV, though, it's creating those chances. Or, um, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not purely results based. It's not just looking at the scoreboard and seeing, oh, he scored a goal, got a point. Oh, must have had a great game. It, it's a little more. It's the smaller things than that, I would say. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't say it's entirely not results based because at some point oh, yeah. you do have to put up something, but that's not what I'm looking for when I'm that's looking for said. if somebody's playing well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so if, take for example, like a few players that that I've been looking at lately, um, Jakob Zaboral who is injured, but um, had, had been playing well prior. It's not necessarily because, oh, he got a couple of secondary assists or whatever. For a defenseman, you're looking for clean zone exits, crisp passes to outlets, um, looking for activating in the offensive zone at the right times, You know, knowing when to pinch, just making good decisions and, and noticing those good decisions versus maybe the sometimes when there are bad decisions. Um, it's pretty noticeable when guys are hesitant with the puck um, and, you know, aren't, aren't really on and aren't meshing with other players. It's, it's just one of those things that you kind of, you don't see like one good play and you say, Oh, this guy's playing well. But if you, you know, stringing together good shifts, um, a guy like Craig Smith, like very clearly came back looking different after he, he took a few games off due to injury. Um just looking fast, looking like he's he's beating players on the offensive end and not making mistakes on the defensive end. Um, looking very good. Yeah, I mean like that that dude always in looks his good. Roster picture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looking good, uh, like his roster picture. But but for a player like that, it's it's putting pucks on net. Um, it it really depends on the player, the type of player. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, those are the types of things I look for when I'm it's it's really hard to look at a box score and just be like, oh, this guy's playing well, unless he's putting like seven shots on net a night like that's you can look at scoring chances, but those things can be kind of subjective. Um, I, I think you you really have to consistently watch a team to really get a good idea of who's playing well and who's not. And sometimes it's even then it's hard to find it, figure it out because a guy could have like three games that look good and not really produce anything and then have one game that doesn't look good and um, score a fluky goal. Like it doesn't score two goals. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Coyle can be having a couple of rough games and then have one uh, bank off his chest into the goal and he, he gets a goal. But uh, then on the next play has like a sick backhand roof, Um, you know, Derek Forbert can be a multi-goal scorer in a single Yeah, game. he hasn't looked good all season. <laughs> He's had a couple of good games. I, I won't. Uh, I won't. Won't disparage him, him like that. Daryl Forsbrand. <laughs> Daryl Forsbrand um, scores brand for the um, brand. I did want to to move on to uh, Saint Nick Lanciani. Um, <laughs> has anybody heard of that guy before? Um, 
our, our sweet boy Lancey, who doesn't get enough love. Um, he said, you can pick any goaltender. Did he know I was going to be on this? Um, living or dead to be an emergency backup goaltender and with stars on either side. And they end up being needed in the game for one reason or another. Who do you pick? Um, I'll, I'll start with you guys. Drew, who would you pick? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Yes, um, you look like you might fall asleep, so I wanted to get no, you out of the way. <laughs> I'm here. This is tough. This is really tough. Um, Any probably, goaltender, no pressure. Probably uh, Georges Besna. Um, and uh, I think that's just because, you know, what a goalie, as I said on a, on a recent episode. Um just what what a goalie, what a what a name, uh, you know. Kind of, he has an award named after him. Um, played some good hockey. Yeah, sure, him. I, I don't know. I th- I would like to see him play. So let's throw his ghost in there as a as an emergency goaltender. What if we each pick a dead goaltender, Chris? I mean, I was I was gonna say I was really Jacques. leaning into the dead part of the. Question. I was gonna say Jacques yeah. Plant, so. No, um, no offense to to Lancy, but we're we're all gonna pick dead goaltenders. I'm changing your question. Yes, <laughs> Jacques Plant. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, mostly I I would want. It, it doesn't really matter what goalie. I would want to go with just like a classic goalie, just to see how they stack up. Uh, no pun intended. I was gonna say. Um, with, with with two pads, modern goalie. with modern equipment. I want to see like just the first ever goalie, just like like first out there, just has like some the first ever goalie, like, just some like <laughs> pillows and no mask. It definitely has to be a no mask, an um, anti mask. I, I do want to I, I do want to say uh, it's been pretty funny being a uh, a season ticket holder for indoor lacrosse and with those having that's a that's a uniform right there. Yeah, so. <laughs> So field lacrosse goaltenders wear no additional padding. Uh, Just a chest very, protector. It's very funny. Um, like nothing on their legs, nope. whatever. And then indoor lacrosse, uh, box lacrosse, <laughs> they basically wear one of those fucking sumo, su- sumo suits. Because, <laughs> you know, it's so much more dangerous indoors than it it's is outdoors. It's so hard to move in that gear like nothing about that looks comfortable <laughs> nothing about it looks agile it's it's amazing it's i love it i think it's wonderful yeah i mean i i appreciate it i think i was kind of going in my head like trying to suss it out like why that that's the case i think there are just more scoring opportunities in indoor across so like it's a combination of trying to prevent every single shot on net from being a goal and providing the goalies with a little extra padding. Um, I, I think it's mostly making sure the former, not the latter, because um, <laughs> they don't care. They absolutely yeah, they, don't care. They genuinely do not. Um, since we're going with dead goaltenders, um, I will go with my favorite goaltender outside of Eddie Belfour, um, Johnny Bauer, who I have a figure, a signed figurine of um, on my living room wall. Um, that he signed himself, fun fact, before he died. Um, 
although not immediately before he died. I was gonna say, um, was it on his deathbed? It was. Like, it might, it might have been. My friend sent it to me as a kind of like a pick me up. Um, I grew up in a, a family of very avid Leafs fans. Um, my mom's from Scarborough, like the legend Michael Bunting. Um, and my, I believe it was my great uh, grand uncle um, was the, the host household for Johnny Bauer when he came up from the AHL. So he oh, was wow. a, a friend of the family way, way back in the day. Um, so I got to hear a lot of really cool stories about him growing up. And he is the originator of like the iconic, like aggressive poke check, um, which I think is very cool. Like if you go back on YouTube, um, you can find some old, like very grainy, but very fun footage of him doing like the original poke checks, which was kind of the kind of the the precursor to cutting down the angle and challenging the shooter. Um, and when he passed, my friend sent me a figurine of Johnny Bauer and I opened it to put it on my wall and it turned out he'd signed it, which is kind of cool. Um, nice. So yeah, I think I would probably go with him. He wore the number one, which is my favorite. Um, and he was the last good goaltender to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So... Nice. Love there to hear that go. on this podcast. Um, yeah. And that was, <laughs> I believe he retired in 1967. So Tuka Rask is my favorite Maple Leafs goaltender. Your favorite Maple Leafs goaltender. <laughs> uh, that's, that's Cujo erasure right there. Actually, um, if I could have him as my emergency backup goaltender. I'll Tuka, go Tuka or Rask. Cujo? Tuka. Tuka Rask. I'd probably, if, if we're going with living goaltenders, I'd go Your with E-brof. Eddie Belfour. My Ebrov. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Belfour. Um, like I said, I love me a good blackout goaltender. Um, I'd go. I'd go with Tim Thomas just because he looks like he'd be an emergency backup goaltender. <laughs> if we had Tim Thomas, and Eddie David Belfour Ayers very much uh, gave off those Tim Thomas vibes. Those, those um, Tim Thomas. I mean, I, I, uh, I definitely do some uh, Dominic Hasek uh, mm. re reiteration of that. Um, we'll see how he is with that style of goaltending at this point in his life. I'd go with Chelsea legend uh, Peter Cech, who's currently tearing up the Division Two English Pro Hockey Leagues. Um, anyways, we have one final question from a good friend of the pod, Lauren Healy at Lauren WGME. Um, she tweeted, what's your favorite I think you should leave skit, which my podcast co-host for the one that i in theory host but haven't in a couple months because life has kind of gotten in the way aka chris keeps coming to visit and i don't want to record um (laughs) mikey radigan said in all caps have me on for this one so you guys had me instead um (laughs) we invited him he said no he said no yeah he uh his response was lmao sorry i am currently on puppy duty yeah, he's a new puppy I... named uh, Gabagool. So cannoli ravioli. Um, I, which is I'm aware. Basically, just... Gabagool. <laughs> that's that's Gabagool. Um, I believe my response to that was um, taking care of a helpless creature reliant on him for survival instead of podcasting couldn't possibly be me, which is true. <laughs> Because the helpless creature reliant on me for survival got to eat a pizza lunchable and 
binge watch Netflix while we recorded Tuesday's episode. So and then uh, interrupted us a bit. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah she's allowed so anytime. She's the best. Um, for, for the listeners, my five-year-old who made a couple guest appearances in the past, um, Izzy, might love Chris more than she loves me. Um, she definitely likes him more than she likes me. Not sure about love. Big win um, for me. Big win for Chris. Big, big win for Chris. She likes to match him outfit wise. They have matching sweaters, they have matching socks. Um, they like to hang out together. Um, they like to leave me. She she tells me that she's gonna decorate my door with him and makes me sit on the couch. Um but <laughs> Anyways, confession time. Um, I've never seen I Think You Should Leave. It's on my watch list. Um, I have a list of oh, shows it's a that movie? I've... No. No. It's, it's a, a show? That yeah. I have not watched yet and is on my watch list. It's extremely weird. Um, well, I'm the, very normal, so that doesn't add up. The premise is basically Tim Robinson, former SNL writer slash infrequent cast member um had a bunch of sketches that basically got rejected from snl because they were too weird and netflix paid him to do them so um it's very hard that's my entire brand (laughs) it's very hard to pick yeah (laughs) it's my exact type Uh, it's my exact style um it's so I believe I sent you earlier today. <laughs> it's very hard to pick a favorite. Um, so I'll go seasonal. Um, the Scrooge sketch is very funny. There's a, basically a sketch where it starts out with uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge waking up on Christmas morning or whatever. And then some sort of portal opens up to the future. And Sam Richardson comes in like inside a robot with like machine guns and stuff talking about how they have to go into the future and defeat the bonies. So uh, that, that shit's hilarious to me. Drew. I've never heard of it. So Drew, it, it is, is very I, much Drew. Oh, it's sounding like it's up my alley. Guys, it sounds like it's up my alley. I just, I never listened heard of to it. an entire bruise and Bruins episode in which you guys had Mikey on and talked about it for at least 20 minutes. Uh, Drew, as we found out, tends to tune out a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would say it's pretty bingeable. Uh, season one is like six episodes of like twenty-five minute or like twenty-minute episodes. So um, it's on my it's on my list of things that I I fully plan to fully Chris into watching with me. Oh, you don't have to bully me at all. Like, I'll, I've I've probably seen season one of that show ten times. Okay, then it's it's somewhere ranked in in the watch list of things. Um, yeah, it it looks fun. It looks very funny. I like using memes from it without knowing the context because um, they they match up with what I actually want to say. Um, which knowing that it's rejected snl skits that were too weird yeah. for public consumption like that yeah not, i'm hooked i might just go watch this right now. <laughs> i would recommend it hell yeah I, I might go watch it right now 
Given that I'm Let's currently sitting here in a, a Marilyn Monroe shirt where she's biting a Chicago Bulls basketball jersey, um, I think I'm, I'm maybe weird enough for that show. Yeah, maybe. I think you are. I, I have know. a Drew Bledsoe poster behind me. I think that's pretty weird. That's a little weird. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, does anyone else have anything that they wanted to talk about? I hope not because we're at an hour and I don't want to host anything too long. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm good. I know Drew go said Pats. he had to. Yeah, Pat's one. Drew had to go about um, ten minutes ago, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, thank everyone for for listening. Um, subscribe on Spotify. Don't subscribe on Apple Music. You shouldn't listen. You shouldn't use Apple Music. Spotify is better. Um, <laughs> like us on Twitter, and by us, I mean them. I'm not usually <laughs> here. Um, I don't know. Don't follow me on Twitter. I'm very bad at it. Um, thank you guys is, for letting me false, take but... over. I don't know if it's false. Um, anyways, thank you guys for letting me take over for a second time. Um, you guys are maybe I, I don't want to call you guys dumb for letting me continuing to hijack your show. Um, because I enjoy it. Hopefully your listeners do too. Do we um, talk about the Bruins at all? This is nope. just the, not like, one cat, second. Cat episode. Not a just, second. just, just pasta's teeth. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the closest we got to the Bruins. <laughs> we talked about the Bruins last episode, and then this is this is the runoff episode, which is why yeah. you gave it to me. Um, Have a holly jolly Christmas. Who has coached against the Bruins in the past? So. There you go. Have a holly okay. jolly Christmas. In case, in case you, you didn't did hear. hear. Christmas, Chris Gear, boom.